0: team how are we welcome back to another episode of the high performance coach podcast today i am joined uh, by the non league football king mr danny norton and i thought this would be an incredible opportunity for danny just to share Uh, his growth, his evolution, his journey, his experiences, and uh, what he's been able to accomplish and achieve over the last 12 months or so. Uh, He's been on a phenomenal journey. He's got an incredible right foot, and uh, (laughs) he's also got a dislocated shoulder at this present moment in time. The things that he'll do to try and score a goal. So, Mr. Danny Norton, how are you, sir?
1: I'm very well, thank you. And yeah, unfortunately, the stupidity
0: got the the better of me trying to to score a dive in there. I should know my limits next time. Yeah, mate. You were telling me you were telling me before we started recording this. So uh, just for the listeners, mate, what what happened? So yeah, literally just ball got whipped in, went for a diving head, I landed awkwardly
1: and I couldn't get off the floor straight away because I couldn't move my arm. And I got back, ran into midfield, and I said to my mate, I said, like, does my shoulder look all right? And he said, Yeah, it looks fine. So I tried carrying on, but I didn't touch the ball for another five minutes. And then as soon as I got on the ball, dribbled past someone, went into like a bit of a collision, and then just landed on it so awkwardly, and straight away I knew it was out. And I was just trying to get the physio to pop it back in so I could finish the game and hopefully get to take a penalty at the end of it. But
0: um, unfortunately, I couldn't get it popped back in, so I, it was a short trip to A and E. Yeah, dude, not not good at all, mate. And uh, on the subject of football, mate, what are you saying to my uh, soccer AM skills on the old uh, on the old ground? Not, I know you not saw. Bad. Not bad, bit rusty, bit rusty. Get the old cobwebs off, and you'll be flying. <laughs> Mate, I'm waiting am waiting for I'm waiting for yours now, mate. Soccer EM soccer m skills, mate. That's oh, what we man. now need. High performance coach Soccer EM Saturdays. I can't believe I missed it in my bag. I see the old beach beach five aside. I was gutted I weren't there. Yeah, mate. There's a few, there's a few of the lads that are not a dab hand at footy as well that are basically trying to get trying to get a game. We're actually saying 2024, we absolutely need to get like a five a side a side or like a 11s game, It'll be uh, it'll be absolutely class. But, dude, before uh, you stepped into the the non league coach and before you actually stepped into the high performance coach, where was where where was Danny Norton? And also, who is Danny Norton?
1: So I'm a coach PT based in Harlow, Essex. Um, I've played football my whole life, and in business before, well, pretty much I started with you, literally a year ago, just over a week ago, um, and. It was, it was a weird one because I was sort of happy with where my business was at. It was growing. It was it was improving, but I just wasn't happy with myself. I don't know. I couldn't, couldn't explain it. I remember I call, like, sort of just felt stuck and a little bit lost. And then even though the business was happy, it was just me personally, I wasn't happy. And he was trying to bridge the gap from that. And then as the saying goes, get the people thriving, the profit will follow. That's sort of what's happened in the last year. So just getting me sorted, getting me down to a T, raising my personal standards, and then from doing that, the business has grown. I've changed the the business in like my niche and st- all that side to it. And yeah, just a lot happier, healthier, fitter, and stronger as well other than the dislocated shoulder.
0: Mate, one, one year on, the best you've ever been, but just now sat with an arm in an arm in a sling and uh, mate, not able to walk because you've also done your knee done your knee as well, mate. You absolutely, get the person thrive, get the person thriving, uh, mate. So good. And bef- mate, obviously before we kind of stepped in, you said obviously things were going well, but you felt as though something was missing. Tell tell me more, how would you how would you describe that? I think like part of it is you get sucked
1: into the, the social media side of things. So you're always comparing yourself to like other people that you see, especially when you join the HPC, like there's some absolute OGs in the group. And then you look into that and you start thinking, I'm nowhere near where I need to be, or this is the, the amount I need to be hit in a month. And you get sucked into the social media, and then you you don't realize what you actually want to achieve out of life and what you see as success. So like now I know what I see as successful for me, where I want to get to, and now I'm on that, on that path. Whereas before, I felt like I was on a path that for everyone else, I was just trying to copy what other people were doing, trying to hit this certain goal, hit this certain metric that was for other people when actually it didn't matter to me because I wasn't happy at the end of the day anyway. So yeah, sort of just getting me in a place where I know what my goals are, clearer vision and then now it's just about doing the doing getting there as quick as I can. Yeah, absolutely,
0: mate. And what in your mind
1: changed? Um it's a great question, that do you know what I don't actually know in terms of like what's what's changed in terms of mindset. Just a lot more lot more relaxed about everything. I think before you you're so intense in trying to hit these metrics that you then you're just never you're never happy and you never appreciate what you've actually got, what you've actually achieved over the past year. Like I look back on this year now, and if I achieved this, say last year, I'd probably still looking back and be like, I've not hit this metric, I've not hit this target. Whereas now uh, I enjoy the process a lot more. So it's probably it probably is that just enjoying the process, taking the pressure off and being a little bit more relaxed and just doing the work and hopefully it gets you moving forward every day.
0: Yeah, mate. I think the biggest, the biggest shift and the biggest evolution that I've seen with you is actually now being able to step into uh, actually who Danny Norton is and being able to actually really own uh, a part of the market and now becoming the go-to within a certain field and within a certain domain. Because I know when we first came in, I can't even. Was it? It wasn't the. uh, It wasn't the Sparky. It was construction. Construction. That was. I can't remember who it was before. Before it was the construction. The, constru- the construction coach I think you'd done like two shifts in your life you'd done two shifts in, two two shifts in your life and as I asked me I'm the construction coach and the, there was almost a bit of like a, a disconnect obviously for you which then was really stopping you from being able to really step into what is obviously now uh, the non-league coach but talk 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 me through that transition and going through that kind of exploration phase I suppose so that was
1: the thing so all the other coaches that I've worked with, it's all about getting a niche. Like once you niche down, you're going to smash it. You're going to do this. So it's sort of just then like you pan- you go into panic mode. And I was just like, right, well I've worked in construction before, so I'll just do that. And then all of a sudden I was like working with people in construction and like just had completely different values. Didn't really connect with them. And I remember we spoke about like my, my Facebook group it was like monsters Inc. It was just literally anyone and everyone was in the group chat And then it just becomes so much harder to actually coach the person. So you end up coaching the process because it's just like, I have no idea what I'm dealing with, what the problems are, what the solutions are to all these different problems. Um, And then that's partly why I just wasn't fulfilled in joining the job, because you're working with all these different people. You end up just getting frustrated and annoyed at yourself for letting these people come in. They then don't respect you, your time, your values and stuff like that. And then, the, like you said, it's just a massive disconnect. So then we obviously spoke about like the things I do value, the things I do enjoy and played football all my life. I know the struggles. I know the problems that they go through. And then that's when we stepped into the non-league king, which like, I was an absolute nervous wreck about at first because I thought I'm going to get hammered by the lads in the dressing room. <laughs> and to be fair, I still get peppered for it now. Everyone still crucifies me for it, but everyone buzzes off it. As much as will people say, oh, Nazis are talking again on videos, I know for a fact they all listen to it. So even though you still get pepper for it, it suits me down to the ground. And I, have, I feel like I have a lot more authority in, in terms of talking about the problems, the solutions, because I've been there, I've done it. I know the struggles and I'm still going for it myself in terms of like I'm still playing non-league still have those problems with the misses at home and she's fuming it. you got an away game on a Saturday, trying to fit in your, your work, obviously then your, your nutrition before on a Tuesday night game. So yeah, it just suits me down to the ground. And now I feel like a lot more connected with the business side to it as well.
0: Yeah, massively. It sounds as though the the business is now far more of an extension of you and really aligns your values. And something I spoke to Ryan certain about a couple of weeks ago as well, we're talking about like proximity is power. And actually the connections, obviously the networks that you now have, obviously going into a changing room every single week and actually just now being around those types of individuals, even if they're now not kind of clientele, it just gives you all the the content that you now need for moving forward. Anyway, you just go over the notepad and pen and you just now can pick up on all of the piece, different pieces, which can obviously become so, so powerful. Mate, what was the hardest thing about you really stepping into the non-league coach? I know you said that obviously there was a, like, you were incredibly nervous, obviously, around that, because I think this is one of the biggest struggles that a lot of uh, coaches face is like, I need to niche down, I need to now figure out basically uh, who it is that I now really want to work with and who it is that I now want to become the go-to. Mate, What what for you were the kind of the challenges with that?
1: I'll probably say there was two two main things. One was the first one being fear of failing.
0: I did not want to step into it and then
1: a month down the line have no clients on board, people then thinking like I'm just this like scam artist for non-league footballers. So that was like a big worry. Um and then the second one's embarrassment of like going into the dressing room and having everyone saying, like, what do you think you're playing at? Like trying to train non-league footballers. So it was more those two things that I was worried about more than anything. But once you get once you get into it doesn't matter anyway like the people that will join the program will love what you do and they'll love like who you are as a person and what you value and the people that don't it doesn't matter because they're not going to join the program anyway so you're just wasting your breath on something that's not worth wasting over so that was like the the two big things that I was probably worried about getting started with the non-league football side of things was embarrassment and fear of failure.
0: Mate I love that and what was your first step? Because I think sometimes people go, well, okay, now I know this is my person. This is now basically who I now want to be able to help, and this is it. And they're like, right, well, okay, well, what's now next? So, from, from your perspective, in terms of like embodying that and now really stepping into that, what were the first steps that you were able to take, moving from the construction king to the to the to the to the non league king? So,
1: me and Ben, I remember we had, I had a call with Ben, and it was just about being authentic. So, not changing like who I am, not trying to change anything in particular in terms of like me as a person to then change knees it was then just sort of like going right this is who i am this is what i do this is why i want to help you and then explaining that to to my audience so why why i started a non-neak athlete because i understand that training on a tuesday thursday saturday and then trying to fit in your training nutrition not really having a clue what you're doing in the gym all that side to it is more
0: like just stepping into that and what was the question again sorry so, so, what was your first step? So, what was the first step of stepping into the non-league king, uh, the non-league coaching king? Uh, obviously, off the back of now figuring out who it is that you wanted to work yeah. with. Yeah, and then and then it was basically just like putting it out, putting it out to the world. So, like just not trying to
1: stress too much about every single post, thinking what's this person going to think, what's this player going to think. It was then just sort of changing my content around it, and a lot of it then just become a lot, lot more free flowing. Because, like I said, I felt like I was just talking to myself because I was talking to people that I wanted to work with and going through the the struggles that I went through. And all of a sudden then it just builds traction, grows, grows over the over the months.
0: And how did you overcome in your own mind the uh the 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 judgment, the ridicule and the uh, and the change in rim banner?
1: I think you just get used to it. I'm I mean, I'm I'm a nightmare in addressing anyway. So I'm always hammering people for certain things. So I just thought if I'm dishing it out I've got to start taking it so yeah that that was the main main thing really I didn't think too much but like as soon as I started posting got a few people messaging me saying like what's this what's that um, and then I was remember like the first training session I was a little bit nervous and then literally two of the lads can't it was like it's unreal like we've been waiting for something like this for ages and as soon as I, I heard them words I was like yeah like this is going to work I just got to stick with it now. Yeah,
0: absolutely me. And then off the back of that, what what's now transpired and evolved and what's now changed with naught and the business and where is it just now? So in terms
1: of like where it is now, I feel like I'm just a lot more connected. So I've got a lot more lot more time on my hands, which obviously I didn't have before. But also that when I do have time on my hands, I then don't panic and think I need to be doing this, I need to be doing that, because before I'd end up just sitting in front of my laptop trying to think of content ideas and then just getting stressed out and procrastinating and end up getting nothing done. Whereas now I just prioritize what needs to get done for that week. And then i get those tasks done. Um, and it's, it's turning more into a business before I felt like it was just like a coach. I was a PT, still a PT, whereas now it's actually turned into a business in terms of like, eventually I want to have people working for me. Um, and yeah it's just sort of that that's the 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 biggest thing i've taken away probably working with the hpc is turning it into a business like understanding tax all of that side of things that you never even think about processes systems all of that in place now so it runs a lot more smoothly whereas before i was just like the most adhd person without without actually having
0: adhd just chaos everywhere um whereas now everything's just a lot more organized a lot more structured yeah, mate. Before we jumped onto this call, you basically said like I'm like the happiest and the best that I've that, that I've ever been, The things are bet the best that they've ever been. Hundred percent. Yeah, literally.
1: That that's probably one thing I'll say is since joining, I've the ha- happiest I've been. Not just because I feel like I've always been happy with either business, but then social life's gone to pot. Don't have any time because I'm working stupid hours. Then I'm not, or I've not got time to play football. Whereas now, like I can go football. I've got social time of ab spending loads of quality time of ab. Obviously, we've got the holiday coming up um, to Australia and I'm still going to be working master my way. So I've finally got the balance between all three and I'm still trying to progress all three. I've not mastered it and I know that, but it's just, yeah, just a lot happier where I'm currently at and the trajectory I'm on.
0: And what would you say have been a couple of like key principles for you that have really kind of been the North Star that have kept you kind of focused and moving forwards, even when there has been some uncertainty or challenge or the unknown uh, that you were stepping into? Uh, do you know what? So one
1: thing, and I'm not just picking up bigging up yourself here, but when you, when you step inside the HPC, for me, I was just thinking like, I'm, a, I'm a small fish in a big pond. But then you, you sort of get to see everyone else's struggles and what they're going through. And like, there's some absolute legends in the group. And I was like, I remember one of them, I just li- literally just jumped on, a, I think it was a Friday, Friday call. And he was talking about his struggles, his problems. It was someone I looked up to and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, if he's struggling and he's going through these problems and he's been doing it a lot longer than what I have, like, I just got to get on with it and, and suck it up. Because that is part of building a business and it's part of life, like shit does happen. Um, so that was probably the big thing for me is just understand that you're on your own journey and shit is going to happen along the way, but just keep chipping away. And as the famous so- saying going is like, just do the do, do the work, no matter how you feel, what your energy's like, and it will
0: all start moving in the right direction. Yeah, mate, and we spoke about before. I remember when we were talking about obviously stepping into obviously like the non-league uh, football athlete side of things, and we're speaking about obviously building the community and actually now being able to have like the changing room. Understanding again, like thinking about obviously the brand and now really looking at it through the lens of, uh, mate. Obviously, I know I, I know that you're not a massive Arsenal fan, like Mister Ben Leader. Uh, I think you would be offended if I said if I said that you were, um, but uh, you're the opposite. Um, we're obviously speaking about obviously when you wear the badge. When you obviously when you, when you when you wear the badge or you now basically support a team and it's because your dad supported that team or your granddad supported that team and then their great granddad sort of supported that team and it's like you're not you're not now you're not now kind of in the terraces you're not now wearing the shirt just because the starting 11 that are on the pitch it's the almost like it, it's there it's the heritage that comes along with it and what it actually means and represents to actually now be a part of uh and or to support that and so you no longer become a team it's it's the club um regardless of whether they now lose every single week or where they are or how they're currently getting on you pay your money you turn up and you will literally um give up so much of your time and energy and uh, emotion just to obviously go go and watch them at the expense of other things and it's looking at how you can build exactly the same with your coaching business as well and actually building a community and building obviously a group of people that are now working towards a common goal that they now feel as a they're part of something bigger than themselves and if I look back at like why I miss football the most it's it's the it's the, cha- it's, the cha- it's the change it's the change room and it's the people that you are around and it's like being part of something and now working towards something and being a small part and like a big machine I suppose and you had to play your part because you didn't want to let the people to the left or to the right of you you down so how has the community side like shifted and evolved since you've been able to step into this like narrow and deep niche I suppose
1: yeah, so to be fair, that was probably one of my biggest weak points in terms of when we when we first, like, joined, when I joined a year ago, was I had the Facebook group, I had the WhatsApp groups, and it was just chaos. Like, no one was getting involved, no one was messaging, and I feel like I struggled to, to get my point across in terms of, like, the importance behind it, because I just knew deep down it wasn't going to work, because everyone was so different. Whereas now, like you said, it's like just being with with your lads on a Saturday, but now they're just part of the non-league athlete program. So everyone's chatting, everyone's getting on well. Um, And then obviously we do like the the mini meetups now, gym sessions, strength sessions, power sessions. And everyone just gets a buzz out of going to it because it's like just meeting up with your mates and then going for a coffee, going for a gym session. We had a, a little Christmas meetup with a few beers the other day. That was pretty decent as well. So yeah, it's just sort of like having that that bond, that togetherness, that you're all in it together, all going through the same struggles. You all want to improve, whether it's on the pitch, off the pitch. Um, And yeah, just that creating that that bond, really. Um, I never really get too down about like people commenting on the Facebook group anymore, because I know that if people do want help, they know that other people are there to to help them as well. So at first I felt like people had to always be messaging, always be replying. And now it's a matter of, People just know that it's there if they
0: need it sort of thing. Yeah, I love that, mate. And from a marketing perspective and actually now being able to generate leads, what are the strategies that you've been able to implement that have now allowed you to obviously attract the right types of uh, clients into your world? I think just
1: being authentic is the main thing. So just trying trying to be myself. And then when I, when I speak about my clients, like getting their points across as well. So why they started, what they struggled with. To where they are now that's the big thing once people see results and they see that your clients come from this position to where they are now they can resonate with that and they're like that's exactly what how i felt or this is what i'm going through so first thing is just being results and becoming a better coach um which has obviously been a massive thing and part of this process as well just actually becoming a better coach and learning the trade a lot better because getting a qualification is one thing but actually being a good coach is another thing um and then i would say just literally being consistent with everything, whether I'm having a bad week, a good week, just making sure I'm putting out con- content, giving out value, building my trust, building authority with people and just becoming that go-to person. That was the main thing. I wanted to become that go-to person where if someone's in the dressing room that I've never even played with before and they're saying, oh, like, I want to lose a little bit of weight. I want someone to go, do you know what? Naults follow him on Instagram. He's, he's the lad that you want to go and train with. He's the absolute mm-hmm. goat of it. Um, so yeah, that's the sort of like, what I wanted people to start looking at the program like, and then in terms of growing it as well, um, it's just doing the meetups, people then getting to see what it's like when, when you're meeting the clients, you're getting that face-to-face as- aspect as well, because obviously online people still probably fear it a little bit. Obviously it helped with COVID, but people still feel like online is just like going to jump on a Zoom call. You're going to do a session. I'm just going to watch you through a camera. And it's the complete opposite of that, but it's trying to get your point across on how that works. And, um, yeah, and I'm trying to think what else? A couple of plug and play posts that the, that the lads have put into the group chat. That's been a game changer. Um, the one that we've done the other day where I said to you, like, it was unbelievable just putting a post out saying, hey, look, over Christmas, if you're having a few beers, tap here. And then just giving out free tips and free advice over it. That literally got like 60-odd comments back, starts conversations. And then also it's, it's real, real conversations. You're not just spamming people saying, Hello, I'm Noughts. I'm a PT. Jump on this plan. It's Then you're actually having real conversations with people. And do you know what? If they don't sign up today, it doesn't matter. I've helped them out. And I know that in three months, six months, nine months time, I'll be the first person they come to when, when they do struggle with something, they do need help.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is always is, and I shared this obviously in a, in a podcast I recorded last week, and it was uh, the, the lead gem masterclass I delivered a couple of months ago. It's like, when you always now lead with value, you're just now very much just focusing on actually, how can I now just ensure that I'm leaving somebody in a better place than what I found them. And just now being able to play that longer term game. And it's again, that orchard mentality. It's like, what well, if you can now sow the seeds, you can now build, you can now, you can now, you know, can now uh, plant and grow the trees. Then again, you just have to continue to like nurture and you just have to continue to nourish and you have to continue to walk down. And all it is, is just being able to very much focus on how much can I now give. And if I now know that I can articulate my perfect client problems better than they can explain it themselves, that's when I can become the go to And then you can also create super relevant, specific lead mags and or uh, value pieces that will actually now connect you that allows them to take a slice of the cake, um, allows them to see actually how you can now help them. And again, like the biggest thing is like, how am I now building or how much trust am I now building in the marketplace? And when you can become known for like one particular thing, and I believe you can be incredibly specific, um, like initially, it just allows you to become that authority and it allows people to burn less calories around what it is that you do. And there's quite often a fear. And I'd love to know from you, dude, it's like there's quite often a fear that when you first started, you weren't where you now wanted to be. and You didn't have the leads that you now wanted to And the business, wasn't where you now uh, had expected it uh, to kind of get to. Was there a fear around going like more narrow and deep and then alienating obviously a lot of the market because you were now just going to be this guy. And you felt as though that the business wasn't where it, should be so therefore actually speaking to a fewer um subset of people was actually going to almost go against
1: yeah massively. Mass- yeah massively i remember speaking to abby um after jumping off the call with ben and ben was just like step into it like this is you now and i remember i said to the missus like got back home and i was like right this is what i'm doing this is the niche i'm going for and she's like you're mad like that's not going to work and I was like, why not? Got me back up a little bit. And she's like, why would you now only go and work with, say, 100,000 people when you can have millions? And I was like, it tried to explain to her about, like, the Monsters, Inc. program doesn't work for everyone. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, a massive fear in terms because you feel like you're just then saying no to, to thousands and thousands of people. And all of a sudden, it's like, right, now I'm only going to be working with this set, set person. And you start worrying about, is there is there enough – like, is there too much competition? But then when, once you realize that you are you, get your personality across and what you do and what you're good at, prove that you're a good coach. Doesn't matter how much competition there is because they'll come to you eventually. Um so yeah,
0: I think this sounds right. Go, go, uh, go narrow and deep. Absolutely, my friend. I think it's the 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 magic always lies behind the the fear that you're facing. And it's actually just being able to now step into that. And it's like right, okay, if my business isn't now where I want it to be, it's like or well, okay, I probably just now need to pick one thing, choose one thing, and I'll obviously step into that. And now being able to really own that, and like you say, if you now feel as though it's an extension of you, I think when you can do that, you're not having to second guess or question your content. And again, mate, even just the ascension and improvement of your content has been monumental because it sounds like you're just literally creating content for noughts instead yeah. of thinking what do I need to create or what do people want to see or what do people basically want uh, to hear from me? It's actually, well, what do I want to talk about? What am I excited by? And actually what's the content that I now want to create that feels good for me rather than trying to please other people. And in doing so, you attract the individuals that are right for you anyway.
1: 100%. I remember literally every month I'd sit there with a pen and paper trying to write down all these content ideas and I'd end up then spending probably two, three hours on social media, scrolling for everyone else's post, trying to get ideas off of other people and then trying to turn it into my own. Whereas now I just literally get the pen and paper and I'm like, right, what have I struggled with this month or what will I struggle with next month? Whether it's coming into Christmas period, is there going to be more games, people getting injured over the Christmas period, dislocated shoulders, all of these sort of problems now that I will go through, I just jot them down, write them down to little ideas and all of a sudden I can then just schedule it in and it probably takes me an hour now to get all the ideas down, and then whether I'm filming it, whether it's car- carousel, anything like that, can just punch it into a little Excel spreadsheet, and away it goes. Whereas before, it probably took me three, four days to do a month's worth of content, whereas I can do it probably in half a day to a day max now.
0: Yeah, mate, I love that. And mate, I know obviously the, the business has grown. We've attracted better quality clients and obviously the community is way, way greater and the results that you're getting mate, are phenomenal and even the interaction and engagement and actually what you're now building is only going from strength to strength. But what's been the biggest shifts that you've now seen in, in Noughts by being able to create this alignment and being able to really step into um, a business that you now enjoy? Just literally like we said earlier, just a lot happier. I feel like that the happiness has probably
1: been the best thing because now... I'm building the business that I've always wanted. And even though I'm not there yet, I still lo- know I've got absolutely loads to learn. But that's the exciting thing with it. Before, I had no idea where I was going. And you just feel like you're banging head against a brick wall. Whereas now I've got a clear vision. It's just like, right, follow the process. These are the things that I need to do to get where I want to get to. And it's now just trying to tick it off and do it every day and gradually just improve and get better as a coach and as a person. Um, which, yeah. I'd definitely say it's happened massively over the past past year or so.
0: Yeah, mate, huge. I remember there's been several times where we've obviously had calls and uh, communication. I think, mate, it's those times where you're obviously sat within that uncertainty. It's Again, it's that capacity to be able to now trust and back yourself and just now... Trust your own intuition and follow your nose in terms of right, Okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to step into. Yes, there's obviously uncertainty. Yes, there are people that are now questioning like what I'm doing and why I'm now doing it. Also going into the dressing room and having the uh, the lads take the piss out of you. Which, to be fair, you get that regardless of whatever it is that you now do. It's a lose. It's always a lose lose. I remember exactly the same when I stepped into uh, like the bodybuilding side and then obviously the online coaching side. And uh, like I would obviously not like drink after games and because I was kind of competing at the time and I'd obviously be eating in their mind, obviously all these weird foods. And uh, again, it was that thing. It was like, you got the, you got the piss taken out of you. And uh, obviously it was kind of a a laughing and a joke and uh, it was obviously great banter. But then off the back of that, what you then don't realize is like one, two, three months down the line, the people that were actually having the dig and the pop and were taking the piss uh, in a fun way are actually then the ones that are dropping your message and just saying, Hey, just, just, just wondering if you'd be able to kind of help me out and write me a plan or whatever it now might potentially be. And actually what I realized was that you always had the people that you thought would uh, then kind of be interested, especially in that dressing room mentality. But then there was always a couple of outliers that I never thought in a million years, it was so against, uh, the, the fitness thing, that eat a macros before they would play or whatever. that they, they would always end up being the ones that would also eventually come in and you'd be like, it's, cr- it's crazy, but in in a really powerful way. 100%. I remember, so
1: I won't say the name of the, of the person, but I remember this one person peppered me when I first started, before every train session, made a big announcement of it, just absolutely hammering me in front of everyone. And after like the first four or five times of it, I was thinking, right, I've had enough now. Like you're doing me in it. It's getting a bit repetitive. And I left that club, went to join another club. As soon as I left, got a message off him saying, Notes, like, have you got any spaces available? So I got into a conversation with him, we was talking. And then straight away he was all over it. And then he was like, Oh, but no one else can find out that I'm doing it. He was like, I want it to be like a massive secret. Like, don't want to post like no social proof, no no results, nothing like that. It just has to stay between us two. And I thought it's exact same as what I was like when I was trying to start, go into the non-league athlete program and design it and put it out to the world because I was panicking at what other people would think. And he was going through that same process. He was hammering me, but he actually wanted to join, but was worried about what everyone else was going to think. And obviously I, I got that point across to him. Um, so yeah, it just shows you like, the the most random people in the world that will be peppering you and have their opinion probably want to join join at some point anyway, but they're just too scared.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. I shared on the uh, on the tune up a couple of weeks ago a video of uh, the leader and the follower with the dancing in the the dancing in the field. And it's like you, you go and search it on YouTube if you haven't I like, literally you think you just type in like lead leader and follower dancer video or something. I can't remember what I typed in. It's got like 10 million views. And uh, it's, a, it's a basically a bloke at a festival, and he's just basically da- dancing to his heart's content in literally a pair of shorts, and uh, he, he looks as though as he's he looks as though he's a bit of a maverick, just kind of standing by himself, and everybody's watching. And then a couple of minutes later, some other bloke joins him, and then before you know it, like there's just hundreds of people. And when it now comes to stepping into something new, like you have to be okay with like st- standing there almost naked and basically feeling incredibly exposed, but having the confidence and the belief in this is what I stand for. This is what I do. This is me. This is basically what I want to be able to try and do. And actually, it's really powerful and important that you have that. But then actually even more integral is actually being able to have that first follower, that first person that now goes, well, actually, do you know what? The early adopter and like the adoption curve cycle. It's like, I want a bit of that. That's basically a bit of me. And it's that first follower that then actually allows other people that opportunity to then have to step in and it becomes the norm. And what you then start to see is the business grows and evolves. If you look at the adoption curve, you obviously have the innovators, the early adopters, the early majority, the late majority, and then you get the laggards, the people that are the most resistant to change. And that's why it's so important that you don't just continue to chop and change like your niche and your market and your message, like the weather, because otherwise you never give it enough time. And actually the majority of your leads and the majority of your clients and actually your business growth and ascension is not built in that first initial period. It's actually being okay with, Feeling exposed and, and vulnerable, and almost like nobody's listening. It's actually them bringing those couple of initial people on that are like, Yeah, I want that. And then that brings everybody else in. And it's just, yeah, being okay with like standing there naked and feeling exposed initially, which takes enormous courage and does take bravery uh, because being judged is a normal human characteristic and trait, but nobody likes being judged, but we judge everybody anyway. I think it's your relationship with that judgment that's the that's the key in the integral thing
1: yeah and and that's exactly what I remember like it's always the fear of what other people are going to think them judging you but you hear it all the time like people are going to judge you no matter what you do anyway so you might as well go and do what you you actually want to do because if it's in line with you that's what's going to make you happier and if people don't like it then it's tough there would be things that they do that you don't like but there's no point losing sleep over it because in the, the day
0: it's the one thing that's going to stop you from getting to where you want to get to in life. Yeah. hundred percent. So if I could now, if I could now come down to Essex and I could write a blank check and I could basically write a blank check and I could now take you back to Danny Norton a year ago, uh, a year and a week ago. And I could say, right, okay, Norts, write, write a number uh, on this blank check for how much you would pay for you to now be where you are right now. What would that number say? It'd be double what the coaching cost me in the first place. Put it that way.
1: Yeah, literally, yeah. I I wouldn't even be able to put a figure on it. But yeah, in terms of like, if I was to look back on this year and let's say fast forward to now, you said to me, this is how I'm going to feel. This is where the business is going to be. This is what it's going to look like. Um, Yeah. And you said to me, this is the price of the coaching, double what what I pay. I'd probably bite your hand off and say, yeah, do you know what? I'm all over it.
0: And what's next for Danny Norton?
1: keep growing, keep improving, become a better coach. That's, that's the main thing. I, I know I've got so, so, so much more in the tank. um, And I feel like it literally is the start. So even though I've been doing online now for three years, I look at the first two years as just literally as that famous, uh, famous photo, fuck about and find out. That's literally what I've been doing for the past three years. Um, So I've got a lot more fucking about to do and finding out and yeah, just keep growing trying to be the best version of, best version of me, grow the business, get a team on board, um, and just trying to change as many people's lives as I can, whether that's like not even just to do with the business side of things, just trying to have that positive impact. I feel like there's not enough people that are spreading enough positivity in the world. So yeah, that would be that would be the main thing. And what about on the football pitch? What's the next? Obviously, get back to full fitness first. Yeah, literally, just get get back to full fitness. That's the main thing. I'll see. This year is going to become a bit of a write off. So I've got I'm probably going to be out for the next four to five weeks anyway with this dislocated shoulder um we then go to australia for eight weeks where i'm going to be working whilst we're away so then when i come back it's just about getting my head down um and then just trying to push on again try and get back to the highest level that i can um and enjoying it that's the main thing like i've literally last season probably my most favorite season i've ever had but it helped that it was local it was on my doorstep i was playing my mates um and obviously always helps when you're winning games as well so yeah that's the main thing just Try and enjoy it as much as I can. Try and keep that balance between business, football, and spending quality time with family
0: and obviously Abby as well. Yeah, I love that. And what would you say has been your biggest life lesson over the last 90 days? 90 days. Or even last quarter. I'm
1: trying to think. Biggest lesson, 90 days. And you think you've cracked it, you haven't. Put take your foot off the gas and it soon comes down down like a ton of bricks you just got to stay consistent and and um and not get complacent i think every time you get complacent and you feel like you've cracked it another problem comes up or the the business starts to slow down or your social life starts to to come get more involved um so yeah so that's probably the the biggest lesson is you can't take your foot
0: off the gas mate i love that and if if i reflect back as well that was probably one of the biggest things it's like but you would previously make some great momentum for like a short period of time and then it would stop and then it'd be like right now i've got to rebuild again and it's again that consistently good instead of occasionally great and actually how can i now ensure that i'm you now continually compounding and building and doing the work and doing the reps and doing the do uh anyway and then just understanding right okay like how do I now want to behave? And is this now in alignment with the person, the life, the business that I now want to be able to create? And if just making sure that you're stacking the odds and putting the two Ps into the machine that are now moving you forward in the right direction. So no, dude, I absolutely love that. And mate, who's going to win the Premier? Mate, I don't actually follow. I'm not following 30 this year. I followed footy last year because of the all or nothing Arsenal. Uh, but to be fair, mate, I did enjoy the all or nothing Spurs as well back in the day. Mate, I thought that was pretty sick with Mourinho. Um, but mate, I actually looked at the league table yesterday. And I didn't realize that Villa, were, Villa were third in the league. I almost had to, be, I almost had to lie down when I saw when I saw uh, that So I was like, I, I've never seen such a thing.
1: No, Villa are absolutely flying. Anyone but Arsenal to win the league, and I'll be a happy man. That is. <laughs> That's the one thing I do not want to see, whether it's Villa, Liverpool, Man City, as long as it ain't Arsenal, I'll die a happy man tomorrow. I can't have that happening. Not in my lifetime.
0: You and Ben Leder having it, you and Ben Leader having a fight around who's winning who's winning who's who's winning the Prem. I know. The thing is I try not to
1: get involved in the banter side of it because I know that's the one thing that I can't take banter with is when it comes to to Arsenal winning and never batter any Arsenal fans because it's just not worth it. If they do win the prem, I won't be able to to put up with all the stick I'll get. So I'll just keep my mouth shut when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, mate. I tell you what, I uh, I I actually, I feel one of those things like with the documentary. You know, I love a documentary, like Netflix or whatever it is. I uh, I'm obsessed with just if there was a documentary every week on like that type of stuff, mate. I just watch, it. I just love it. Uh, and it was again, it was the all or nothing, Arsenal. Awesome. And mate, I actually, I, I loved Arteta. I just thought he was, I just thought he was great in this. So good, just to see what obviously goes on behind the scenes and off the back of that. Both me and Liam were like, just became like these massive Arsenal fans for about <laughs> for about three months, and then just sacked it, sacked it off. But yeah, you do, you do get so into it, mate. Did did you did you watch it, or did you refuse to watch that, that one?
1: No, no, I did watch it. To be fair, and it does change your opinion on like Arteta as a person because his interviews after he comes across the most annoying bloke on earth. But then you sort of understand it because he creates that us versus them mentality. Um, and obviously he then goes like in real detail on that the psychology and building that togetherness, that bond and, and that community, which he does with a club. So it's quite easy for then for us to watch that and then go, right, if he's doing that with a football club, we can do that with our coaching business. So you do end up learning loads from it. It's just a shame that it was Arteta that was doing it.
0: But <laughs> I'm hoping uh, Ange Postacoglu gets one out soon because I'll be all over that. Mate, <laughs> hey, I think uh, I was watching, I was watching Beckham. Have you watched Beckham? Yeah, yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, sick. I loved it when it was like, uh, I think it was Beckham. Where it was like Gary Neville was basically like when I saw Alex Ferguson basically would just be like, we're an island. Like this, this is literally like we're on an island and like basically like nobody can take us because we're literally on this island and we're basically just it's us, it's us against them and just again creating that exact kind of like mentality and that ethos. And again, that comes back down to what we're talking about earlier with the club and the team and the community element and component. Like it's like, what do I stand for? What do we stand against? This is what we do, this is how we do things, and being able to almost like use that. And you see that obviously in football and rugby and any type of sport? And it's actually being able to think about actually well, okay, like what what does not or what does whoever now kind of stand for? And actually being okay with that, um, so that people can actually now come with you. And again, that's that being kind of leader mentality, which is uh which is huge. So, mate, you're uh so you're basically saying on quid quid quids in on Arsenal winning the league, then is what I'm hearing.
1: Nah, no. Nah, honestly, I can't. I can't have it. I cannot no. have it. I, I, no. I, I still think City will come back. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne is back in training now, so that's obviously a massive, massive factor in it. Um, and Arsenal bottle jobs. Everyone says Spursy, but Arsenal have crumbled last year, and then the the year that everyone says Spurs bowl it, Arsenal spent more days top of the table. So
0: Arsenal are the bottle jobs yeah. So yeah, I don't fancy Arsenal one bit. Oh man, I'm gonna think you and Ben to do a podcast together, mate. That's gonna be the one. Just literally yeah. that. That'd be it, mate. I'm, I'm, i a part-time football, football, football person now, mate. I have very little to no interest anymore. So, uh, yes, mate, we'll have to get, we'll have to get Ben involved, and we will have to set up that 2024 uh, summer, 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 summer camp, summer training camp. Uh, Eleven aside, high performance coach versus the rest of the world. It'd be sick. And, and we'll was, be getting yeah, smashed in yeah. an attack with Arsenal have won the league by that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Danny Norton, massively appreciate you, dude. The growth has been absolutely amazing, my good sir. Uh, excited for what's to come. If anybody wants to watch, follow, and or see anything that you're up to, what's the best uh, channel for them to get you on? On Instagram, um, either type in the non-league athlete or Danny C. Norton. Dude, you're a legend. Appreciate you. And uh, mate, look forward to catching up soon. Take care. See you soon. Thank you.